Hello, everybody. Welcome to Single-Minded Conversations. I'm your host, Jesse Single. Uh, I do various things at various places. Uh, check out my podcast, Locked and Reported, at blockedandreported.org. We just posted an episode today that talked about a Atlantic article about whether or not uh, <laughs> there are sports differences between males and females. Huge mystery. I'm glad they finally turned their journalistic attention to it. We also talked about a... Um, the phenomenon of politically disfavored organizations getting sort of not quite debanked, but de PayPal'd. Uh, basically, a couple organizations are now can't really use PayPal and Venmo, which are vital to use. In today's modern world, we talked about this on the last episode of this show. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, two girls, one cup. That's going to be bad news. <laughs> I dread taking your call, two girls, one cup. I will shortly because I've never not taken a call solely on the basis of their gross name. Um, I want to talk for a minute about uh, the Encellosphere, exposing pathways into incel communities and the harms they pose to women and children. This is from the Center for Countering Digital Hate. It's a new report that just came out and quickly got picked up in places like the Washington Post, I think the BBC. Big scary report about incels. Um, this comes right on the heels of what I thought was a lot of bad reporting about another creepy menacing online group, Kiwi Farms. Uh, I thought a lot of the reporting there didn't really reflect an understanding of the nature of Kiwi Farms. I'm going to write about this report for my paying subscribers, but just to, uh, I was struck by the extent to which this is just like a certain degree of fear-mongering and cherry-picking. They basically used um, software to scrape all the posts from this one incel forum and these other sort of associated forums and I think when it comes to all these like upstarts, so so countering extremism online is very big right now, particularly white coded forms of extremism. Whereas in after nine eleven in the aughts, countering Islamic extremism was huge. A lot of government efforts, a lot of dollars sloshing around, a lot of organizations. Same deal now, just with white coded extremism. But there's some of the same grifting going on, and some of the same lack of understanding of like what drives extremism and how to fight it. So. What struck me about this report from the Center for Countering Digital Hate was how much of it just served to justify the existence of the group and their ongoing funding. So there was a lot of just like they looked they looked at a website that has a very dark subject, incels, a lot of angry young men. And wouldn't you know that, for example, uh, you know, what was the percentage a certain percentage of the posts, I think 15, 20% had misogynistic language. That's shocking. And they sometimes said things about Elliot Roger that were creepy. Um, did you know that 2.6% of the posts used the word whore, 1.4% used the word bitch. So because there's no like prior agreement on what percentage of the appearance of which terms would be not worrisome. Everything's presented in a very alarmist manner. And the, they call for deplatforming of these sites and de-indexing on Google or, or penalized indexing and for Cloudflare to not protect them. So it's just more of the same. And I think we should be skeptical of that, especially in a case like this where, uh, I don't know, I'd invite everyone to read the report, which you can. The Encellosphere, Exposing Pathways into Incel Communities and the Harms They Pose to Women and Children. I actually think incels pose more of a threat to uh, young men who fall down that rabbit hole. It's like a 50-page report, very readable. Okay, with a deep breath of apprehension, I am taking my call 
from two girls, one cup. So help me God. What is that? Uh, hey, uh, yeah, I, I was trying to find a funny name for you to read. <laughs> don't worry. I don't have anything uh, explicit to say. So well, thank worry. you. Thank you for that. What's up? Uh, honestly, I just try to like, I just like, I, I'm the same dude who kept making weird uh, usernames for you to read. So like the pony jar thing. Anyways, um, one, hope your week is going well. Uh, regarding the incel sphere, I don't know. It's hard for me. To, I guess I started getting into dating apps after during that time. So I, I don't know. I, I really don't have an answer for people who are in those mindsets. I just kind of viewed it like job applications. So I know it sounds dumb. What's job? You mean online dating? Job applications? Yeah, online dating. Yeah, yeah I mean like uh, the term. I think the term is ninety nine slaps. You have you heard that phrase? No. What does that mean? Essentially, the, the phrase 99 slaps means is to, to this is the most vulgar version. If you ask a woman, if you ask 99 women to sleep with you, uh, like 100 women to sleep with you, uh, all 99 will say no and one woman will say yes. Obviously, okay, Cupid, Tinder, whatever, that's the more moderate version. That being said, it's just people need to, like, modify their behavior. I, I'm not, like, going to be the Jordan Pearson or whatever whatever the hell these people are looking at. But, yeah. I mean, I think what's unhealthy about these communities to... is people, like, these, like, a lot of people are awkward at 19, 20 and don't know how to talk to girls. But the I, kids, like, sort of getting locked into that identity and making being an incel part of their identity. And I think a lot of oh, these yeah. forums, they sort of, like, wallow in their own misery in a way that is no more helpful than wallowing in any other sort of trauma and making that your identity. Yeah. I mean, I, I discovered like, okay, Cupid, like when I was 21, like during like a final, like during finals. So it's, I, I have no idea for people who discovered earlier and then they might taint their blueprint, I guess their uh, online blueprint or whatever. I, I don't really have an answer for them. That being said, I will say it's easier to find women now, uh, like a partner. Let me, I should phrase it that way more than ever. I'm not really sure how, to, what to make, make of that. I, I don't know. I just wanted to like, just make that, that comment. Also, <laughs> I just have you read the two girls comments. <laughs> Mission accomplished, sir. Come on, let's talk on that. All right. Uh, other than that, um, uh, uh, just a quick question. Uh, uh, what movies are you watching this week or this month or for October? I, I'm i going to be traveling and won't have a lot of time to watch stuff, but I just saw a trailer for a horror movie called Smile. It looks awesome. Everyone should check that out. I think it, I think I got it from um, Polygon. But um, And I've done a lot of work. I started watching the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix sort of uh, – drama series and i thought the first episode was good but i'm i'm behind on everything man what, what's a movie i should watch that i might not hear about otherwise i mean i was i was the same dude who recommended that movie uh marcel the shell with shoes on um oh yeah i should check that out i, yeah, I have it. It, it oh it's really good i i recommend that um when it comes to horror movies i i don't have the list in front of me 
Um, but I do, if you're interested in horror movies in general, I would very, very highly recommend something called Shudder. It's essentially Netflix, but specifically. Yeah, I've heard about this. I, I, I end up watching a lot of horror movies. It's weird. I wouldn't, I don't identify that way, but, um, Shudder might be a good thing for me to invest in. I mean, for what it's worth, I I mean, my grandma, there's a a horror movie and this is going to sound dumb. It's called, I think it's called Frankenhorror. Or something like that. Essentially, it's uh one of those. What was that? What was uh James Gunn it that 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 franchise game James Gunn was in before then? Oh, a tour or tour? Whatever. What? I'm not sure. And You're asking someone who's very uh, incompetent at pop culture. I, either way, my my grandma's cousin was actually in there. Um, John Zachary. He was, anyways. Uh, it was just like a movie, just like about some de- guy trying to reconstruct his girlfriend from dead hookers' body parts, and so he can tr- construct nice. super crack. It's really, really stupid. It's stupid. It's like a fun movie if you're looking for something really not something intellectually stimulating. Gotcha. But, yeah. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for the call and for the recommendation. Right, cheers. Bye. Bye, Patrick. What is up? Hey, Jesse. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. How's it going? Uh, I wanted to check and see where are you on your favorite in- incel forum, Elden Ring. I um, I followed off a little bit. I got to uh, Lindell, the capital city, the little guys with those weapons where they blow the bubbles at you. And what happened? I had to go to Austin. Then I got back. I also I love the game, but I definitely feel like shit when I play it. I'm I'm guessing as the days get darker and colder, I'll return to it. But I've managed to keep myself away from it for a while. I also I'm getting a little bit tired of my sort of close to a pure strength build because I don't I don't use magic at all. So I, I'm going to respec, and I think that'll inject some new life into it. But it's just it's an astonishingly incredible game in terms of the amount of stuff to see and do. And I am looking forward to exploring the rest of it. I just, uh, I don't know. I also try to like be outside as much as I can this time of year. Yeah, and you want to get away from all the incels playing the Exactly. That's the other thing. So this Inspelosphere document, I'm definitely going to look into it. Uh, so I haven't heard about it, but what you were saying, how much percentage of, of the posts included the term bitch or whore? It was like 1% or 2% each. They basically just like did all these different searches, and yeah, if you search for these terms, you'll find some percentage of them, but I just, I just wasn't clear exactly what I was supposed to be so terrified of, because there's a tiny number of incels who kill people. I just, when I think of the things that we should be worried about, like gang violence in Chicago alone, vastly by orders of magnitude um, is more dangerous than yeah. incel killings. I would agree with that. I also think that 1% to 2% of an entire forum only had those words, especially when it's dedicated to a hate group. Yeah. Uh, what they're trying to make it sound like seems very low. It seems like these uh, men are actually pretty mild manner that they don't use uh, the what are now, I guess, slurs uh, uh, coming out. So they, is there any kind of evidence uh, linking, like, to violence? Like, if there was some kind of basis saying, like, we look at all the domestic violence murders in um, the United States and we found that these men were on the websites, I could maybe see a connection that there might be some interest in it. But if it's just that men on the Internet are saying mean things about women, I don't know that I think that's a basis for anything. I think there was like one guy who killed someone who they think might have posted a couple times to the main incel forum, but overall it's just like 
I, I was so confused by this report. They also, um, I'll write about it. I just, it, this stuff gets so much attention and I, yeah, anyway, I found it weird, but people well, should it, read it. Well, it sounds like kind of like super predators or like other things that yeah. get fuzzy like where I knew that the, well, at least I thought the incel movement was kind of dead when it was appeared in the TV show Bosch or in the, <laughs> right. in the uh, cop lady uh, has to go against incel cops. And at that point, it's just kind of like, okay, well, if my parents are learning about Broomer, about this, then it's not really a thing anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they they try to make a link to offline violence. All they can come up with, oh, one incident where someone planned a massacre he couldn't pull off. All they say is members of the website understudy suggested that he had posted on their site under the alias Oedipus, but if you're some incel schmuck, you would probably be like, oh, yeah, he totally posted here because they like the idea of links to real world violence. But I'm not defending the darkest incels are very dark and they do like joke about Elliot Rogering people. But like uh, there's just much bigger concerns in the world is my argument. Well, I mean, there's always like kind of dark things everywhere, but it feels a little bit moral majority trying to go after new things. We can't go after uh like violence in rap music anymore so now we have to find some new kind of purge yeah like the desire to uh make everyone behave just has morphed over time yeah no i agree completely there's always gonna be that impulse okay jesse uh have fun uh with your trips uh i'll check up with you in elden ring in the next few months (laughs) thank you patrick appreciate it henry what is up hey jesse what's going on not too much, man. How are you? Not too bad. The um, I wanted to start by um, just saying that uh, I really enjoyed the two episodes on um, uh, Kiwi Farms. That was Thank some you. awesome. That was just an awesome story. I appreciate. And it. I'm really thankful for you, you and Katie. The uh, because just I would just wouldn't really have anything. I wouldn't really know anything about that whole story if it wasn't for you guys. Because the way everybody else covered it. But thank um, you. That's what we're going for for sure. Yeah, the uh, so yes, yeah, so that kind of leads me into just my kind of quick question. It's not the most intellectually stimulating question, but um, I was just wondering if at one point in one of the episodes, uh, you guys mentioned Gamergate, and uh, and then Katie kind of jokingly said like, "Oh, but don't like you said Google it," and she said, "Don't because you won't get the right info." And I uh, I was kind of young when Gamergate happened, and so I wasn't really. I was I was kind of living more in the real world. I didn't know anything. I didn't I didn't know what it was, or I didn't I didn't hear about it. And in the past couple of years, I've heard people reference it a lot, and I've like I've tried to Google it, but I've never like figured. It. I've I've just been so confused on what it is. And so I was wondering if there's any chance. If the answer is no, it's fine. But I was wondering if there's any chance you could point me towards anything I can read or to figure out what Gamergate is. God, I mean, I can I can like sort of briefly explain it, but I don't know if there's like good. So so the problem with the coverage of it, it was like a little bit similar to the Kiwi Farms thing, where the narrative that took hold was like everyone involved in Gamergate is harassing women. They're just mad women play video games. They're mad LGBT people play video games. It was much more a a level of obsession with with this woman Zoe Quinn, who is a game developer, like a minor game developer, who they became very fixated on because of a conflict between her and her boy ex-boyfriend. Um, there was a level of like fixation on her that was genuinely unhealthy. And then, but then the, a lot of it was just like their view that games had gotten too political, too progressive. Um, a lot of which I found 
dumb because the average triple a video game is still just like a burly guy shooting aliens um i like some of the games they didn't like like the walking simulators there's one called gone home back then i thought was great i liked firewatch but there was this element of like oh then they're taking over our territory uh that i didn't like but I ended up corresponding with some of them. They sort of viewed themselves as online political activists. They claimed they weren't harassing people. I think some of them did harass people. I thought other times it was like 4chan trolls who sort of in their clump dunder Well, what's the word I'm looking for here? They were able to like manipulate the media pretty effortlessly because the media wanted it to be the case that Gamergate was this awful group. So anytime a 4chan, 4chan anon would like harass someone or send a death threat or send anti-Semitic imagery and be like, this is from Gimmergate. Journalists would, would consider that serious. So there's a lot of like false flagging and just general fuckery going on. A lot of the most committed anti-Gamergate people were horrible in their own way because like think of the sort of person who will suddenly have, who has the amount of free time and online obsessiveness to devote themselves to like an online culture war. It's usually just going to be someone who's not, healthy frankly who doesn't have a lot of stuff going on so that's my short summary of it i think inevitably at some point we're gonna have to devote a blockchain report episode to it it's just it would take a long time to like prepare that and do it in the way i would want to do it so i guess that's all i got on that okay word word thank you yeah i appreciate that uh that quick summary that makes that kind of makes sense from what i have read about it that that's more or less what happened yeah you could also like you could go back to some of my work on it which i think is probably fine i also did a ask me anything on kotaku in action which is the gamergate subreddit so you could see me sort of like disagreeing with them there and answering their questions um yeah some of the some of the references will be very confusing but you might get a better sense there if you're curious of it about it oh cool thank you thanks i appreciate the call sure uh kw what is up we only got mickey in the queue after this if anyone else has a question or comment now is the time to hop in what's up kw kw you gotta unmute yourself all right i'll take mickey but i'll i'll back to you after if you jump back in mickey what's up Oh, I, I got it. They got like a new yeah, option they fixed it. you unmute on that. Can't seem yeah. to get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's hard. Life is hard. KW, um, I'll bump you to the front of the queue next, so just hold tight. What's up, Maggie? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, not much. I was going to just like, you know, everything that you were talking about before, and I thought the example that you brought up of um, of like, you know, violence in Chicago or something like that being this very real problem. There's these other problems where it's it's not like they're not problems, but you know, with like the financial deplatforming of, of these different companies and like worrying about these forums and stuff. I think it's really interesting. Like it just feels like over the last like five or 10 years, there's been this thing where it almost seems like people, I don't even know if people realize it, but it's like, they're sort of like itching for this like second judicial, like extra judicial justice system That's where it's just it. like, at, like assholes still exist, like big problem. You, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, I, I get that. It's like incels aren't like a good thing. You know what I mean? And like as society, I think that there's tons of things that we, you know, should be doing sort of, but it, it, it's really weird to me when like, it's, it's like, um, you know, I, I think that I, I haven't listened to the new episode yet, but I think it's, you guys said you were talking about the, um, 
was it like the groomers against groomers, gays yeah. against groomers or whatever they got like the yeah. platform in this thing where it's like these stories come out and it's like oh like the, the bad people are gone and people are kind of like oh okay they like breathe this little sigh of relief and it's like well did they break a law right. you know and it just it feels so weird to me that like no one thinks about this stuff on like a slightly deeper level <laughs> it's like no it, it seems like a, not too long ago like the liberal the common line on that stuff was that you should think through like what are the implications of kicking people out of certain forms but that's just that's just not going on anymore which i find troublesome yeah it's yeah it's it's just weird and, and like another thing i've been thinking about a lot recently with like the um like to take the incel thing to the next level, like mass shooters and stuff. It seems obviously this is like anecdotal, but it seems like a lot of the time, a lot of these mass, like kids that are mass shooters, it's like there was like a million red flags. And it yeah. just seems like every, like it's like their friends dropped the ball, their family dropped the ball, like their school dropped the ball, blah, 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 and all these things. And it's almost seems like, it almost just seems like sometimes it's just like, yeah, these like terrible, terrible things are going to happen. And like one of the problems is that nobody like in the real world did anything. Right. Yeah. Stop it. It's easier to blame Kiwi. I mean, this was sort of the point right, of right. the uh, almost the, the South Park movie where they blame Canada for the kids having mm -hmm. potty mouths when the parents just aren't very involved with their lives. So, yeah, it's a version of that. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to. Just Thanks, Mickey. Those are yeah, uh, thanks, good man. points. Yeah, KW, let's see if we can get your mic situation square. KW6983. All right, we'll give it another shot. Uh, A, what's up? Hey, Jesse, man, how are you keeping? Good, how are you? Not too bad, uh, not too bad. I was just going to ask you about uh, two kind of minor things that were on Twitter recently but and that you... Uh, commented on, um, and I was wondering if you're planning on doing anything further with them on the pod or any articles or anything. One was that um, the Guggenheim uh, black curator uh, and Helen Lewis that um, that, con that that kind of uh, tiff that was online. And yeah, this was uh, this long tweet storm by is she formerly Guggenheim? I don't even remember that story. Yeah, formerly. She yeah. was a black uh, curator at the Guggenheim. Helen Lewis just asked reached out to her to ask for comment and she flipped out in this bizarre way that like inches into the territory where you wonder if there's like mental health stuff going on. It was just this bizarre spectacle. And uh, I don't think we're going to do something on the podcast on it. It's just almost too weird. And like so many people piled on, but it, it was bizarre. The weirdest thing by far was watching a certain type of white woman defend this bizarre behavior just because there's a certain type of white woman who, or white person, white liberal, who just like literally anything a black person says, they will be like, yes, that is true. That is so wise. It's just an incredibly condescending thing. So what was her name again? People can look this up for themselves and see. Do you remember? Uh, I might get the pronunciation right, but it's like Kadrie uh, Lebouvier, or Lebouvier, I think uh, is her uh, name. Okay. If you just Google like Helen Lewis uh, requests for comment or, or Twitter search that, it'll pop up, pop up. That was one of the weirdest things I'd seen in a long time, but uh we probably won't do a segment on that. What was the um, other one you want to ask about? The other one was the article at, um, about Coco, um, the, the trans girl, uh, um, you know, uh, Coco Lewis, is it her name? Um, 
the uh, or, or Dawn Ennis wrote an article about the tra- young trans activist who's like uh, detransis- detransition. Oh, the detransitioner. Yeah, and uh, so this, yeah, this um, person, this girl who's a detransitioner, told the trans activist and writer Don Ennis, I, she said in her written response to her question, I condone violence, and then she she followed up. She's like, oh, I meant to write condemn there, and Don Ennis, this reporter subsequently tweets that she said, I condone violence, when in context, it makes no sense. So that was bizarre. Uh, I don't think we're going to do anything on that just because we gotta, we try to pick did, and choose with the trans stuff, but it was did, that was awful. Did, did you see the controversy around the article itself, though, the whole article? The whole article disappeared, right? Yeah, because yeah. Like, it was essentially just a hit job by uh, this lady, Don Ennis, and um, she accused uh, this girl of like uh, essentially being, uh, coached all the time, and that like her re- answers Jesus. in real life were very halting. But like when she was um, answering like to interviews or in front of Congress or whatever, that she appeared very polished. <clears throat> and uh, it was just this really skeptical article, and just also as well, just like uh, an article about like how rare detransitioners are, etc. I, d- I didn't know when I was reading the article either that Don Ennis herself. Um, is was is is a trans woman? Did she, you hear? She's you a that? she's a known quantity. If you write about these things, she's not. My sense is she's a pretty toxic presence in this in these conversations. Obviously, I mean, I've had run-ins. Basically, well, what was very interesting was that as well. She apparently uh, came out um, when she was uh, in her fifties um, as a trans woman, and then a number of months later came went back in and said she was actually a trans man, and that her or, sorry, back, a man again, and that. Her daughter, her husband, or her wife had tried to um, convince her that she was uh, a woman and made her change her uh, driver's license, and then she came what? back again. Yeah, That's no, crazy. You read it. The, the, Those are like Kiwi farm style details. You wouldn't. Yeah, it, this was in like articles because uh, because this girl referenced it at the time. Oh her, the girl who, she, the girl so who was weird. being subject of um, she, she kind of clapped back at her with that, like like that she was questioning her for being detransitioned when this lady obviously had you know detransitioned at one point or so yeah. well. oh my but, god uh, one last thing is though like it's what's really interesting is like the way trans people talk about detransitioners is kind of the way they often accuse like i don't know the cis society of talking yeah they don't them, believe like, them you know, they, it's crazy it's the exact same thing yeah, yeah. and they say like it, it's it's very it's so rare in a way as to like not even be you know worth uh thinking about like and it's kind of just really dismissive and like very much not like their whole, um, you know, I suppose like how, how they try and conduct their own activism by themselves and how like they're a minority and should be, you know, listened to, et cetera. Like they just are totally dismissive of detransition. It's just really. Yeah. I do think this is like a minority of very online trans activists, but there's definitely some hypocrisy there for sure. All right. Cool, man. Good luck. Thanks. All right, KW, let's give this one more shot. See if we can get the mic working. There it is. What's up, man? How's it going? Oh, whew, thank God. Uh, yeah, this is what happened. I hit the unmute button before and the app crashed and I, I couldn't even get back in. I'm sorry. I, there's, but, I've had some stability and functionality issues on here, to be honest. But well, you just treat it like a computer. You restart the phone and everything is fine. Exactly. So, well, as far as today goes, I, I don't have much to say about incels or about Kiwi farms, uh, though for what it's worth, I do agree with people like Freddie DeBoer, when he says that no matter what you think of Kiwi Farms if, or gays against groomers or whatever, if you try and ban people like this, we're in the digital era, they are going to find another way out. Yeah. So we're just playing this endless game of whack-a-mole. I also, I've always, always thought that there's like, on any of these sites, 
if you if two percent of the users are truly dangerous. I'm not sure deplatforming it will make them less dangerous. I think there's a chance to drive some underground in even more radical places, but that's just a theory on my part. I don't I can't really point to data suggesting that's true. Yeah. I completely agree with that theory and I think one of the all their callers mentioned that generally speaking, the panic over white nationalism today, it feels so, so much like the panic over Islamic extremism in the Bush years, especially in post 9-11. It just seems to me like the demand outstrips the supply, if you know what I mean. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I do think I, I've, I've always thought this, like, I think there are definitely white nationalists in the United States. I think especially in the Trump years, folks have overstated their numbers and influence. Uh, and I don't think that's helpful because I think our political problems are a little yeah. bit more complicated than like racist. Yeah. I happen to agree with you guys on a lot of this stuff, although, and I do think that what a lot of this deplatforming, ban this, ban that mentality comes from, uh, it came from Trump winning. I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's where it started because CNN gave him all that free airtime early on before he even became an official candidate, before he even won a primary. So it seems as though we're overcorrecting for that. You know, yeah. We humans don't do nuance well. We zig and we zag. I definitely think so that's the case. I agree with your diagnosis. And speaking, yeah. And speaking of Trump, I did have another question. Uh, sure. I've been thinking about this for a while, and I'm not really just wondering where you stand on this. Who do you think would be worse for 2024, DeSantis or Trump? Because I think while Trump is incredibly toxic, just a horrible person, I agree with everyone who thinks he's horrible, and he just drives liberals absolutely insane. He drives all my friends insane. There's a part of me that says, you know, DeSantis has a functioning brain. He's you mean who would, who would be more likely to win or worse in government? Uh, just worse in government is my, is my question. I think there's a, as someone who doesn't want conservatives to come to fruition for the most part. I, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think DeSantis would put, not dumb people around him. I don't think DeSantis himself is dumb. I think it would be less colorful and circus-like, but he would probably be more ruthlessly effective in terms of reshaping, you know, the administrative state in the image he wants. And who knows if he'd be able to pass any legislation. But yeah, I'm with you. I think if I had to choose between the two, I'd choose Trump, which is weird to say out loud. It is weird to say out loud. And well, you'd only get four years of him versus potential eight of DeSantis. That's another silver lining, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I just I don't want to think about either of them. I know, but I just thought I'd bring it up because it's something I've been thinking about for a while. And finally, uh, actually, well, two more things. One, somebody mentioned Elden Ring. I did beat Elden Ring recently. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's... Hell of an hell of an achievement. It took me well over a hundred hours, but it's Oh, I'm definitely on my way. I think I'm it. fifty or sixty hours in and I think I'm like maybe thirty percent. It's just crazy. Especially if you're starting from scratch. Like I've never played a FromSoft game. You just there's so many systems me to learn. Yeah, it's uh that's uh, impressive, man. I'm glad you were able to do that. Yeah, thank you. And there's one more thing there's this uh, substack. Uh, have you heard of this guy, uh, Jeff Marrer? It's called uh, I Might Be Wrong. It's, that sounds uh, familiar. 
I'm not. I couldn't tell you much about he it. He used to write for John Oliver. He used to write for Last Week Tonight. He was there from about. Oh, is he the guy who got sort of jaded on some of the woke stuff? He did. Yeah. Uh, he's very much with us in that regard. He left in 2020, which oh, what a coincidence! That because that's when the show started becoming unwatchable for me, and I I stopped watching because he just. I don't know if it was the pandemic or George Floyd or just the general atmosphere, but John Oliver, who I used to love, who Me I used too. to think was funny, yeah. he just kept getting angrier and more extreme. And it seems like either he or his staff just got Twitterized. Yeah, it really feels that way. Go. Yeah. And one of Jeff's best articles uh, was called The Great Dumbening. It's one of his top articles. If you go to his Substack, it goes into that, you know, that cartoon that Elon Musk tweeted about a while ago. Yeah. The basic story saying that the cartoon is basically correct, but it's missing context. Uh, that context being that was it was originally the right that went racing in the other direction back in the late 90s when they created Fox News and Rush Limbaugh and all these echo chambers. And now you fast forward to about mid-2010s or so, and especially with Trump winning, we're starting to see the left copy that with yeah. MSNBC and with Twitter. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely sympathetic to that account, so I should, I should read that. You should definitely read that. It's, it's a great one. Thank you for the recommendation and for the call. You're welcome. Anytime. Caleb, uh, what is up? We're going to do Caleb, then Jamile, then uh, I can wrap it up for the night. Hey. How's it going? Hey, I'm, I'm doing fine. I just uh, wanted to say that, uh, oh, God, it's also, you kind of put me on the spot here. I have to pull out of it. But uh, uh, I was just, one thing about Kiwi Farms that I find interesting is that actually more than five years ago, it briefly went down because there was, someone who was just bothering the guy who runs it so much. And the funny thing is that guy who went by the handle Vordrak, he was a Gamergate supporter. Oh, was he? Yeah. And it, it's just another issue of, uh, of a right-wing person who was absolutely incensed at Kiwi Farms and no one talks about it. Yeah, there, there's a lot of examples like that. It's like... Uh, yeah, people really oversimplify the way this stuff works. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there's, I really wish Kiwi Farms didn't allow people to post uh, addresses and phone numbers. I don't think there's anything interesting or funny about that. Even a lot of people seem to feel that way. There's that's like controversial even within the community. And and if they um, didn't do that, it would be harder to make a case for deplatforming and so on. Yeah, I know it's just, but I tend to be pretty free with people finding information, but just. That's that's completely so. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. Cool. Thank All you right. for the call, Caleb. All right, bye. Jamile's gonna be the last call. Greg, sorry, I won't be able to get to you, but if you hop on the net, I will bump you to the front of the queue. What's up, Jamile? Yeah, hey, hey man, I, uh, I wish I had like something fun to close the show with today, but um, the guy you're talking to two callers ago just really hit a nerve when he talked about Democrats copying what our Republicans did in the early 2000s, like it really, that is something that really uh, scares me. Yeah. It seems like maybe some of the same dynamics at work and 
I mean, I've continued to argue that like the right has a bigger misinformation problem and a more vibrant misinformation ecosystem. But some of the stuff going on the left, that I just think really does resemble it, which disturbs me. Well, I, I think that came first on the right. Um, yeah. After 9-11, uh, there was just no reason to uh, check any facts before you talked about the threat of terrorism. Right. And they, yeah. And the, as soon as you stop valuing truth in one area, it just spreads. And it took, what, 10 years for the Republican Party to basically collapse? Yeah. And and a second-rate game show host could just walk in and uh, be more effective than all every Republican politician. Yeah, it's all. Uh, yeah, it's depressing. That's for sure. I mean, it that puts us what about seven years out from uh, the Democratic nominee being carrot top. <laughs> well, I hope not. I think there's certain reasons to think that we have like a more moderate base than the Republicans do, but you know, who knows? Who knows who's going to win these like factional fights and so on. Yeah. Um, not not America. America will lose. Yeah, definitely not. That's carrot top thing. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, it was a good show. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Jamal. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I do have to wrap it up. But um, as always, I would just ask you to tell others about the show if you like what I'm doing. Uh, and, yeah, that's all I got. I hope you have a good weekend, and I'll be back soon. Farewell. <laughs>